This is the Wild Sensitive Souls podcast, where we hold space for grief. In this space, we reclaim our grief as holy, as sacred, as deeply valid. I'm your host, Lisa Nagel, and I deeply believe that grief invites us in. That grief invites us into feeling and knowing even deeper levels of love, of hope, of possibility and magic. In this season of the podcast, we'll be talking about being highly sensitive, about pressure and perfection when it comes to grief, and about finding magic and hope on this journey. And truly, Bright Soul, I'm so glad that you're here. Hello, Bright Soul, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm really so glad that you're here. And I was thinking this week about what I wanted to share with you today. And I was thinking a lot about perfection, pressure, other people, and how those things can truly affect and sometimes harm ourselves in grief or as we're grieving. And what I know to be true from my own life is that when we grow up, we often learn a few things about grief. And some of them we learn consciously by someone else telling us this about grief. And other things we pick up because we are so sensitive to our surroundings. We want to belong deeply and safely with our family, with our peers, with our community. And a lot of times the things we learn or we pick up about grief can be really hard or challenging later in life when we are grieving or when experiences happen in our life that push us into a season of grief. And one of the things that we learn early on is that Grief makes people helpless or feel helpless. And we might have learned this through coming to our caregivers, our parents, our grandparents for support, for understanding, for a hug, for comfort. When we felt grief arrive as a kid or when something really shook us and we've had the sense of grief but maybe we couldn't describe it at the time what it really truly was and maybe in those times when we came to our support system we were met with disinterest or a harsh you'll get over it pull it together man up don't be so caught up in this don't be too emotional don't be dramatic any of those things we might have heard. And then if that happens to us, or if that is one of the experiences we have as we are growing up, we internalize that our grief isn't welcome here. And that when we share our grief or we experience grief, we aren't really belonging in our community. And so as we grow up, we adopt this learned helplessness when it comes to our own grief and to other people's grief as well. And it can really happen that we dissociate from it as we grow into adults because we're never fully able to process the grief that we felt in our childhood. And another thing that we often learn is that 
there's kind of this invisible timeline that tells us what is acceptable or what is an acceptable amount of time to grieve a loss, um, a passing of a situation, a transition. And we also learn that grief is kind of a private thing to do. Like, you go to the funeral, you pay your respects, you let somebody know you're there for them, you maybe bring food, you call, but there's usually this point when our caregivers, doing the best that they could at the time, tell us, okay, now let's go and give them some space. And I truly, deeply believe that this really happened from a place of good intentions, of respecting somebody else's personal space. But what I also think this teaches us or taught us is that grief you can't really do in public. Like you can't really fully allow your all your feelings to be known by others, that it's not safe for you to be known in your grief. But that at that, like the true full expression of all the feelings that might come with your grief, the rage, the sadness, the frustration, the hopelessness, that that is really something that is not to be brought out in public. And so really, truly, if you've been feeling helpless or scared by your grief or overwhelmed, rushed, pressured, all alone, just know that you're not failing at this. You're not failing at your grief. You're not doing this wrong that a lot of what you might be feeling is because we've learned this as we were growing up, that this is really a reflection of the society, the culture that we've grown up in, and that it is not a reflection of your worth or a reflection of how capable you are. And so as I wanted to talk about perfection, pressure, and other people today, I thought this would be like a really sweet way to kind of really remember like I am not wrong, I'm not doing this wrong if I'm feeling pressured, if I'm feeling like I need to do this perfectly or I'm really concerned about other people as I grieve. And one of the things I notice in my own life and that I've noticed when I was in really deep seasons of grief and that I also notice in the lives of my clients is that there seems to be really this invisible timeline, this invisible pressure of having to be done with grief, having to have felt all the feelings, having to have, you know, really processed it all in a really short amount of time. And what I know to be true, what I believe, what I trust, what I have full faith in is the divine timing of our grief. And I think that especially when we're in the thick of it, when we're really feeling all of the grief, when we're feeling all of the feelings, we want it to be over. We want to have that invisible timeline to be true. We want it to be that container where we can say, oh, I only have 80 more days to go and I will be done. Or I will have two more weeks and this will be all okay. And I think with this timeline or with this invisible timeline, we often or we can rob ourselves of the gifts of grief. And again, there is nothing wrong with wanting to have that timeline or deeply desiring that there is a cut-off date when you're done with grief. 
that is all fully normal, fully human, fully sacred, welcome, valid. And I really believe that the pressure we have with this invisible timeline, we can release it by acknowledging it, by being really aware of that pressure that we feel from maybe other people, maybe it's from ourselves, and to acknowledge it and to say something like, I love myself anyway, and I'm placing a hand on our hearts, and really just being still for a moment, noticing the need to rush, noticing the need to put a timeline on it and being okay with that and letting ourselves be human in this experience. And this also relates really beautifully to the perfection piece that I wanted to talk about today is that a lot of times we're thinking we're adults, we're grown people, we're grown humans, we know all these things, we might be um, religious, we might be spiritual, we have all these tools, we know what to do, we know how to say prayers, but somehow we're still not feeling the way we think we should be feeling, and we're not as far as we think we should be along on this path of grief. And there is a perfection that tells us we are falling short of getting it right. Like there's this invisible expectation of getting grief right, that there must be or there has to be a certain way or a certain tool to use or a certain way to feel the feelings that will affirm that we are doing this perfect. And I think the opposite is true about grief, that the invitation that grief extends to us is a lot about releasing all perfectionism, about letting all of the perfection that we think we need to fulfill fall away and to allow ourselves to be naked a bit, to be without the crutch of perfection to hold us or to keep us contained and to really listen and follow that invitation to be raw and wild and tender and really soft and sacred in this journey, in the full expression that we are experiencing in the moment without having to adjust the volume of the feelings or the emotions that we're experiencing. And what I also believe to be true is that we think that perfection, perfectionism, being perfect, doing this perfectly is going to keep us safe, is going to keep us away from sorrow, is going to help us just get back out there and be okay again. And I really think that the opposite is true. I know this from my own life that when I tried to do it, in a way that was perfect, when I tried to pray in a way that was perfect, cry in a beautiful way that felt okay to have, um, when I tried to push myself forward on my timeline, when it wasn't truly time yet, that then I really robbed myself of the truest truth that was available and aligned with me in that moment. And so just as you're listening, I want you to, if that is doable for you today or this week or this month, or really truly in this season of your life, is that when you are feeling that perfection tugging at you, or when you are 
have, or when you have this feeling that your perfection might be standing in the way of you and your full expression of your grief, is for you to acknowledge it gently, having awareness and feeling into your body where that perfection is in your body right now and to allow yourself to feel it and to love on it. And that is oftentimes, that oftentimes can feel really contradictory. Like I'm going to love on this feeling, on this perfectionism, this need to be perfect. And how is that going to help? But I think that befriending our perfectionism, befriending what we think we have to do in order to be okay, um, is human and is giving ourselves full on permission to be human, to be worthy of the full experience. And it's kind of like we are truly growing up in a way too, when we let go of the safety net of perfection and allow ourselves to explore and maybe even curiously play with the depth of our emotions, the width and the breadth of feelings that we can feel and that we can survive, that we can maybe even thrive in, if that is your experience. And I really remember this one moment very de- in a detailed way as when I was sobbing one day about everything, about all the grief that was had been stored up in my body, in my life, and that had finally been cracked open by going through a divorce is that I was really sobbing that day. And I was feeling like I could only sob so much before I would have to eventually howl or scream or just really make more noise. And I really remember having this thought of, but I'm meant to be quiet. I'm meant to do this in a polite way. I'm not meant to disturb anybody, not even myself. Like there's this unwritten rule of how much you can feel and how loud you're allowed to feel your feelings. And that day I decided I'm just going to go with it. I need to howl now. I need to scream. I really need to sob so loudly that my pain is heard, not only by me inside, but that it is heard and witnessed by the room around me and that felt so cathartic and so true and like I could really finally give myself permission to let go of this perfectionism that was keeping me locked up at the time and if that is feeling really raw or if that's feeling really scary know that you're not alone in feeling that way I felt exactly the same. I felt really so terrified of what was going to come, of what was going to happen, if the world was going to implode, if I howled, or if I really made a noise of my pain, of my sadness. And so what I would love for you to try, or what I want to encourage you to try, is to find a space that feels stable, that feels as safe as possible, Maybe it's your bedroom, maybe it's your car as you're driving where you are undisturbed, where no one's looking at you or listening to you, where you can allow your body to make some noise if that feels 
true for you in the moment, if that feels right and aligned, and to really allow yourself to go all in with that, to allow yourself to howl, to scream, to sigh, to really let it out and feel if anything changes. And if it doesn't change, that's okay too. Maybe it needs a couple of more loud sobbing days or moments. Just try and feel into it if it's doable. As I'm talking, as I'm recording this, I'm realizing that I'm talking a lot about invisible pressure on like subconscious perfection that we have. And I also want to just take a few minutes to talk about the visible, the audible pressure and outside perfection that we are sometimes exposed to, especially in times of grief, because we get more sensitive, we get more attuned to our emotions a lot of times. And so if you've been hearing or if you've been sensing this pressure from other people, if somebody's been telling you, why don't you get over it? It's been long enough. You know, you've you've talked about this so many times. I don't want to listen to it anymore. Or any of these other kind of subconscious ways where somebody's tuning out as you're speaking about your grief or where somebody is subconsciously letting you know through their body language or through the way they're talking to you that they really want you to just be okay now is to recognize that a lot of times when we receive this outside pressure or we receive this outside need for you to be perfect or to do this perfectly is that a lot of times these beautiful humans who are trying and doing their best as we all are at all times in our lives um, is that they are that their own grief their own need for perfection their own need for being done with their grief or with their feelings is getting triggered and that can be just so uncomfortable and I know that I've had experiences in my life where somebody triggered something within me that I wasn't ready to deal with and to extend grace to myself or the other person depending on what the situation is can be really hard but I think that our grief enables us to have that grace or compassion for someone else if they are struggling and what I also know is that a lot of times if we're only surrounded by people who are giving off the sense of being triggered by our grief and wanting us to be done and perfect with our grief is to find support that feels more nourishing, support that feels more stable, reliable, really like, um, like a space where you can let yourself go, where you can be fully human to... And really attend to all your needs, all your feelings, all your emotions as they're with you. And this can really be anything from asking or speaking to another friend or finding a support group that's local to you or getting one-on-one -on -one support or finding a therapist, whatever that might be, so that you can have some of that outside support so you feel you don't have to do this alone because truly you don't have to do this alone 
and I hope that you can feel some or a sense of relief as you're listening to me speak, to me talk about my experiences and about what I know and what I've learned over these last couple of years, that you're not alone, you're not failing at this, you're not doing it wrong, and that you will be okay no matter how hard that is to believe or to trust that everything will be okay. And what I also wanted to share today with you is that if you've been wanting to get one-on-one support but that is not a possibility for you right now, or if you've just been needing a more virtual circle of support because there is no support in your local area, is that I will be hosting monthly grief circles and they will be 90 minute long life get togethers where we light candles, where we sip our tea together. There will be a theme or a topic for each of the circles. There will be place and space to be witnessed, to receive some support that is unique to you and where you can just really come as you are with all that you are and with all that you have, with all that you're feeling and experiencing in the moment. And you can find out all about these sweet, beautiful circles at wildsensitivesouls.com. And I'm really hoping that these episodes feel comforting and feel reassuring to your path and that you're really not doing this wrong. Your grief isn't wrong. Your grief isn't failing. And I'm sending you so, so much love and comfort and really a sense of relief of knowing that you are not alone and that you are worthy of having and getting support and really that you're worthy of being held in a space that feels stable and reliable and that you are worthy of having your needs met during this time. All right, Bright Soul. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really feeling fueled up and really filled with magic when I record these. So really, truly, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. If it's doable for you today, please leave a review so that more people can find the podcast. It really would mean the world. Thank you. I've also got a free gift for you a guidebook to help you remember that your grief is truly holy. There's practices, tools, and ritual suggestions you can lean on right away. You can find it at wildsensitivesouls.com. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer about grief, write to me at lisa at wildsensitivesouls.com.